Good day everyone, you're listening to Time for Your Hobby, and this is episode 87, The Thread in 360. I'm your host Alex, and today I have the honor to have Jennifer as my guest on the show. How are you doing today? Hey, I'm great. Well, it's great to hear you're great. We had a little conversation before. You're living in Texas now, but you're originally from the Great White up north. I don't wait, the Great North, no, the wait, uh, up north, Canada, where <laughs> I'm from. Up north, yes. Yes, I actually grew up about six hours from you. So you don't miss the snow, do you? Not even a little bit, <laughs> except for Christmas Day. I miss it on Christmas Day because green Christmases I will never get used to. But with that exception, I'm all about the warm weather. You know, if you could send some of that warm weather this way, I wouldn't mind. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hear that a lot. But enough about our cold and just cold, cold, cold winter here and your warm, warm winter there. Today we're talking about <laughs> you and everything that makes you happy. But before we go into your hobby, who is Jennifer? Um, well, I am a creative entrepreneur and business coach. I help other creative entrepreneurs take their hobbies into full-time businesses. And uh, I also make a lot of things. It's kind of my creative therapy, but I'm married here, fell in love with a cowboy, moved to Texas, and we have a couple dogs and a cat and uh, kind of just living my best life. Yeah, you just got to follow your heart and wherever happiness takes you, that's the best place to be. Exactly. And before we jump right into the hobby, do you have any social media links or websites or even projects? Because you mentioned you're an entrepreneur, so you must share everything you're working on. Sure. Um, I Right now I'm in the beginning phases of launching a new course for my um, creative entrepreneur business. It's called Everyday Boss. Um, it'll be though there will be a course coming out in a couple of months, um, which I'm really excited about. But everywhere else you can find me uh, is mostly at The Notary, which is my handmade shop. So it's spelt K-N-O-T-T-A-R-I-E, The Notary. And uh, you'll find me at thenotary.com and at The Notary on Instagram. That's perfect. I'll put that in the description below so people can come follow you and support your journey. And hopefully you guys get in connection and work on a project or whatever people do on social media or just on the Internet nowadays. Just get in contact, do your thing and everybody will yeah. be happy. <laughs> I love collaborations. So hit me up for sure. See, this is what we're doing right now. We're, we're doing collaboration. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so enough about me talking about my randomness and rambling, rambling. Right on to the hobby. Your hobby is embroidery. How did you get introduced to actually before getting introduced? What is embroidery if you were to define it? Um, well, it's kind of the art of taking fabric and thread and a needle and creating something amazing. I got my crafty start. I learned from my Nana at a very young age. Now, she didn't specifically teach me embroidery, but it's like the creative gene is from her side of the family. I like to say she had me trained in the art of glue gunning by a young age. <laughs> so, you know, I kind of learned that from her. And I randomly decided about six years ago that I wanted to try something different because I sew a lot and I crochet, but I was kind of getting tired of doing the same thing over and over and over again. So I decided to just try embroidery. I had threads and I had fabric. So I got a, a hoop to put it in and I put a design on there and I had a lot of fun with it. And then a friend of mine was like, oh my gosh, that's beautiful. I want to buy it from you. I was like, okay, so this is the <laughs> thing then. This is a thing. <laughs> you learned this from your grandmother. Did you have any inspirations of your creation that come from your grandmother? Like what, what is her style compared to yours? Um, well, she was kind of like a jack of all trades crafter. Like she did everything from Christmas ornaments made out of nuts and nutshells to um, like she would sew Barbie clothes and make quilts. 
so kind of the jack of all trades crafts I get from her for sure. And it's just more the love of the art and being artistic with what you have on hand is something that I definitely picked up from her. And I've been looking at your Instagram. Uh, I just followed you probably right before this interview. I thought I was following you, but now I am. And I'm looking at the creations you've made and you kind of make, I would say, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's like a meme, like funny quotes and funny words, like coffee is life. And (laughs) yes, (laughs) I like that. I like that approach. It's like you bring in a classic twist on an old hobby, but bring like new modern style to it. Thank you. I like to mix the sweet up with a little bit of salty and sassy when it comes to the embroidery. There's something kind of fun about seeing such a traditional art form with like a modern sass, right? So, you know, I have some pretty funny hoop art pieces that I've done over the years. And ones that are really popular right now are things like Petty AF and (laughs) Salty AF. And, you know, people are loving those kinds of like snarky sarcastic things but in this really beautiful art form so they feel confident hanging it on their walls and it's kind of a conversation piece it's kind of like one of those things where it's like oh my god it's so beautiful and then it's like oh wait a second what is it saying oh (laughs) yeah exactly exactly you lure them in with the beauty and then the the, the sarcasm hits them (laughs) i love it exactly on a personal level what would you say is the best part about it because it just looks like you have so much passion it's so vivid when i look at these pictures so for you what is the best part I kind of like taking elements of almost nothingness, right? Like a plain piece of fabric and with a couple of hours and a lot of stabbing of fabric, um, (laughs) I, I can turn it into something beautiful. I kind of joke that embroidery is like my therapy because I get to stab something thousands of times without getting arrested. But, you know, it's it's kind of the art of taking nothing, something that wasn't even there. And I have this idea for a pattern or design or saying in my head. And then I literally just create it um, with my fingers. And it's beautiful to me that I can take like this blank slate and turn it into anything I want. And then the other thing I love about it is I get to play with colors and I rarely will recreate the same piece the exact same way ever. I switch up the colors. I switch up like the floral elements or, you know, I just make edits and changes all the time. I get bored really easily. So that's partly why I create my own designs and partly why I never make the same thing twice. Speaking of which, how do you go through coming up with these ideas? Is it just something that dawns on you like, boom, wow, I want to create a new project on this? Or is it something that you like, okay, a little inspiration from here, a little inspiration from there? It's kind of a bit of both. Like I, I rarely sit down and be like, I want to pick a new design. It's more like I'll be in the middle of work and someone will say something and I'll be like, Hey, that's, that would be a great piece (laughs) of hoop art. And so I stop right there and create the pattern for it because if I don't, I will forget. But it's it's mostly life inspired. And I really love coffee. So that's probably why there's like 12 coffee designs. And I should have tied this question to the first one. Do you still remember the first thing you've created? Like the first catch, I wouldn't say a catchphrase, but the first words or a sentence that you've created. And do you still own it or have you given given it away? I think I probably sold the first one that had words on it. The first thing I ever created, I actually copied from a coloring page and it was two owls on a branch. And a friend of mine like was obsessed with owls. And so she actually bought the very first piece I ever stitched. And then another friend, the second piece I ever made was like, she's like, I really like this idea. Can you do the state outline of Texas and put a heart over our hometown? So that was the second piece I ever created. After that, I don't remember because I got 
so in love with the art that I kind of went crazy. So are you only restricted to words themselves? Because I've noticed there's maybe a few other ones as well. But do you only like doing words or do you like doing, let's say, people or nature? I haven't really tried. There's nature elements in some of like the floral parts that I add because it typically, if you haven't seen my work, it's typically some words with like a floral wreath or a floral embellishment of some sort. Um, but I do do flower only ones, which I call my mini floral hoops, which are probably the most popular thing I create. They're little three inch pieces that have a whole bunch of flowers and leaves and stuff in them. But other than that, I really haven't branched out simply because I kind of like my style. And so I kind of stuck with that. But I have had people approach me about doing like a portrait or something like that. And I've kind of shied away from it a little bit just because it's like super labor intensive. The most labor intensive piece I ever did was recreating someone's wedding bouquet. So it was like this really intense floral piece. And it was beautiful, but it took me like 35 hours. And so I was like, yeah, I'm not going to do this again. <laughs> it's interesting you say that because I think I am looking at it right now. <laughs> Just, the, the yellow flowers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is this is meant to be. This is a coincidence. <laughs> so but, funny. But so actually, speaking of which, it's so labor intensive. How long does it usually take you to create or not create, but complete a project? Um, so the word only projects take me maybe an hour or two. I can typically do them fairly quickly while I'm just watching TV with my husband. I'm, I like to multitask. I can't just watch TV for the sake of watching TV. I have to do something with my hands. Um, the ones that have floral elements added to them take a little bit longer because there's like that added extra flourish to it. But yeah, that that wreath, that yellow sunflower wreath or not wreath, sorry, bouquet was close to 35 hours. And it was wow. like... I, I mean, I was so proud of it and loved it so much, but I don't ever want to do that again. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, you know what? This is on the bucket list. Check. Done. Move on. <laughs> yep. Yep. Because, well, and then the other challenge becomes that I didn't really make any money doing that because like, I think I charged them like $90 and, but I put 35 hours into it. So I wasn't even making $3 an hour, let alone the materials. So you know, to make it worthwhile, I would have to charge like $500. It's almost a week's worth of work. So, you know, there's kind of that challenge in the art that you love creating for the sake of creating. And then if someone's going to pay for it, they still need to pay what it's worth too. Could you just imagine if you had like a monthly plan system in place where you, let's say every month they pay you $100 and you only complete $100 worth of the work? And then next month, right. <laughs> so it's like a pay as you go. It's like, all right, this a, a, that that's actually not a half bad idea. Because <laughs> then the brilliance in that plan would be that I could do other things in between. Because that that was the biggest challenge is I was on a deadline to get it completed for a gift, um, and so all I had time to do was stitch that one project. And my OCD crafty brain was like, no, go sew things. Or, it's time to crochet or maybe you should pick up watercolors. Mm. And I, and I couldn't, I had to stick to it and be really disciplined in completing this project so that it was done because I, this is a, you know, it's still my hobby. I mean, it's a hobby that I monetize a little bit, but it's still a hobby that I have to do on nights and weekends. So I can't just quit my day job and, <laughs> you know, I still have clients that need me to do what I'm supposed to do during the day. So, I mean, if I could, I totally would. Don't get me wrong. I'm not going to get you wrong. <laughs> <laughs>
And well, actually, speaking of which, you say you it's really labor intensive. I said this before. How often during a week would you do it? Like because you say you do it like when you're watching TV. Is it like seven days a week, or you take a break every now and then? I'm gonna say like five evenings out of the week. Although lately it's been mostly weekends because it's football season. We're coming up on the Super Bowl, so that was like my thing. I'd watch football with my husband on Sundays and stitch for several hours. Um, I try to be crafty or creative in some form every single day. It's kind of like vital to my mental health, but I don't always get to do like a labor intensive project or a more extensive project. Sometimes it's literally five minutes of stitching and that's all I've got room in the schedule for. But there's something at least every single day. I I wish I could sit down and stitch for like three to four hours every single day minimum. But I'm an entrepreneur. I have four businesses, including this handmade business. And there, you know, there's a lot of demands on my time. <laughs> you you have your plate is full. You have no time to well, you know, you got the time for your hobby. This is why you're here. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I do have time for that. I just wish I had more, but don't we all? <laughs> yep. I completely agree with you. And for you, what would you say was your biggest challenge when you first started embroidering? Um, learning new stitches because I I'm an expert at this one really simple stitch and I can use it a lot of different ways, but there are so many elaborate, intricate, really detailed ways to use your thread and needle. And I've mastered a few, um, but there's some that I would really just love to try and play with. Uh, it's just, it's one of those things where it's like, it's like anything new and any type of hobby or skill you want to learn. It just takes time and practice. And I kind of am impatient. <laughs> I wanted to, I want to create something in a couple of hours and be like, wow, that's really pretty next. Um, so taking the time to learn more elaborate stitches can be a challenge for me. If you don't mind me asking, what is the one stitch that you want to master? We just can't get the hang of it. I don't really know the names of them because I haven't stopped to learn them. Descri describe the motion. <laughs> well, I, I don't even know. I can tell you what it looks like on fabric. but That's about it. I've probably self-taught most of what I know. Um, and then there's been a few YouTube videos to kind of pick up the difference. The the one that challenged me the most, and I it took me a while to master, was actually the French knot, which I use in almost every piece of embroidery that I create. It's how I dot my eyes. It's how I add punctuation for most things. And then it's also the center of most of my flowers. And it looks really complicated the first few times you do it because it's this you have to have the tension right and you're wrapping the thread around the needle to pull it through. You're basically creating a knot with your thread and needle, but you have to be able to do it and pull the thread the rest of the way through. Otherwise, you end up with funny loops. So it was a challenge and I ruined a few pieces of thread <laughs> learning it. But thank goodness for YouTube because I finally figured out the trick to get the tension right. And so that made all the difference. And at this point, it's just muscle memory for you. Yeah, it really is. Because I've actually done piece, pieces that were nothing but French knots. I did ombre ampersand that was about, I'm going to say it's about five inches tall. And then it was like a really thick kind of design. And I did, it was nothing but French knots. And so it was literally, I'm going to say like several thousand French knots, which is really a really good way to develop that muscle memory. And in the process of developing this memory, have you ever injured yourself? By injured, I don't mean like breaking an arm because that'd be pretty extreme, but more like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> unless it's like extreme embroidery, I don't know. Yeah, no, I'm not jumping out of an airplane <laughs> and skydiving and embroidering at the same time. Um, I, I actually learned the hard way not to road trip and do embroidery because needles and bumps in the road are not a good <laughs> idea. 
the the worst I've ever done is just kind of jab myself with the needle, but it is kind of sharp. Actually, the other night, I don't even know how I did it, but I ended up jabbing the needle under my thumbnail while I was uh. pulling it through. So that got a good squeak out of me, but you know, it's temporary pain. <laughs> Did you get kind of like angry at it for half a second? Like, oh, okay, now move on. Yeah, yeah. It was kind of like, what? How did I even, son of a... It's just and like, then I was over it. <laughs> and on the same train of thought, how many times, let's say out of 10, would you mess up? Not the whole project, but let's say a stitch and you'd have to redo it. Oh, it happens every few minutes, probably. <laughs> <laughs> at least a couple times in the course of doing the piece. But the, the beautiful thing about thread is you just slide it off the needle and back, you know, kind of undo mm -hmm. a few stitches and then redo them. And it's not, I mean, it's slightly annoying in that moment where you're just like, gosh, darn it. I've been doing this for six years. I should be better than this. <laughs> but, you know, you just undo it and move on with your life. Have, has it ever happened that you've completed a project and when you looked at it, you said, oh my goodness, I screwed up here. Do you redo it or do you fix it? Or you just say, you know what? It's perfect and perfect. I keep it as is. Um, yes and no. I have I have gone and fixed things in the past that I've looked at and been like, nope, that's going to bug me for a really long time. <laughs> and then other times I'm like, you know what? I'm done. I don't care. <laughs> but I typically, I do like pause in the project and actually look at it overall to make sure that I'm not goofing up anywhere. It's kind of like self-editing as you go of a sort. But yeah, I have a few pieces where I look at it and I'm like, oops, oh well. <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's kind of the beautiful thing about handmade, right? Like it makes it unique. It gives it a story, it makes it a little bit interesting and different from every everything else that you create. And I didn't ask this question at the beginning, but how big is your personal collection? The ones that you haven't sold off? Um, I actually have a piece of display on the wall in my office. Um, it's actually right now, it's the first Instagram photo on my feed. And it has most of the pieces that are totally complete on there. And I think there's maybe, I'm just sort of counting really quickly here. Um, there's like 15 or 20 at the moment. Um, and then I have anywhere from 10 to 15 that are like in progress. Um, they've either been stitched and they just need to be put into their hoops and sealed or they're half stitched or I got distracted and forgot that I was making it and started something new, you know, works in progress. But yeah, I have, I have like 15 to 20 pieces hanging in my office right now. Not including the Christmas ones, because I took the Christmas ones down and put them in their box for next year. <laughs> Ooh, which is a perfect question. Do you make seasonal uh, embroidery? I do. Ooh. I do. I did some really cool white on buffalo plaid, like the red and black buffalo plaid fabrics for the holidays and the holiday markets that I went to this year. And then I also sold, I did a wholesale order this year, which was new for a shop out in Oregon. They ordered 40 um, ornaments for me. So I got to make ornaments this year too. That's cool. So you've made some for like Christmas, you made some for uh, Halloween, I would imagine, Valentine's Day or... This is the 4th of July, stuff like that. I tend not to get too into the smaller holidays. I did like do a Valentine's one a couple of years ago. It was another one of those all the like millions of French knots in an ombre heart. Um, that one was fun. And I, I, I'm big into Christmas. So I did a lot of Christmas ones and I actually did do a Halloween one once. It had ghosts on it and it said, I'm just here for the booze. <laughs> oh, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. And uh, I know I usually do this as a follow-up question to one before, but what is your current biggest challenge? Um, I guess it kind of goes back to finding the time to do more of what I love. 
which I'm working on. I'm actively <laughs> working on, you know, creating that lifestyle. But, you know, it's kind of just I wish there were more hours in the day to do all the things I want to do. But, you know, adulting. So you, you got to do what you have to do first and then you get to do the things you actually want to do. Come on, we're adults. We have what responsibilities, <laughs> paying taxes, <laughs> go to work. Ugh, what brush your teeth Overrated. they lied to us they <laughs> yeah. lied to us when we were young yeah it is not as easy as it looks <laughs> nobody has anything figured out <laughs> so true that would be a good piece of hoop art <laughs> yeah. just dot 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 still don't know what i'm doing <laughs> exactly has embroidering ever stressed you out and if so what do you do to relax do you keep going at it or do you like take a break and walk away and do something else um, I tend to switch projects a lot if like I'm irritated with something or if it's I don't really get stressed out about it because I really do enjoy it. And it's I, I call it my creative therapy for a reason. Um, but for example, that really intense uh, bouquet piece that I did, I did have to take breaks and switch to another medium of art. Like I went back to quilting for a little bit if I needed a break or I would work on you know, I make bears too. So I would go and make bears or whatever for my shop. You know, I just switch creative outlets when I'm getting bored with it. And speaking of which, uh, cause I saw your Instagram, you have like these, I think they were like bears and like you were saying, and other, like, I think it's like an owl. It's, is that an yeah, owl? It's, <laughs> a, it's an ouchy owl. So they go in the freezer, they have rice inside them and then you use them like an ice pack. So oh, cool. bumps, scrapes, bruises. Yeah. My, my whole philosophy on these is kids are already crying and freaking out. Why would you give them a bag of vegetables or like an ice cube? <laughs> give them something that's happy and friendly that they get excited about getting out of the freezer when they're hurting. That's so cool. I love that idea. Yeah. Vegetables yeah, are scary for kids. Yeah. <laughs> Don't want right? to. Well, I mean, my grandparents gave me bags of peas and I, and then they would tell me if you melt those, you have to eat them for dinner. So I'd be like, I'm good. <laughs> it's fine. He's like, you just tap it on your, All right, I'm good. Put it back. Yep. <laughs> it's fine. I don't want to eat peas. <laughs> <laughs> not tonight. Uh, so this might be a hard, not a hard question, but a interesting question to ask. But how much of the embroidery skills are transferable in your other hobbies? Um, I do use it for like some of my bears. Um, I use, we'll do like smiles and stuff on that. Um, the one thing that does translate over is like putting colors together and creating color palettes and like kind of doing that side of the design. I, I love the process of picking fabrics and picking the threads that are going to go with it and kind of seeing the idea in my head before I get it on paper and then get it on the fabric. So that definitely translates over to quilting and making my bears and my owls. I just love playing with fabric and doing that mix and match kind of part of it. And speaking of which, what are Jennifer's top colors? The ones that you love to do? Oh, goodness. Um, I use a lot of like raspberries, like raspberry color, um, pinks and plums and teal. Teal is like my guilty pleasure <laughs> when it comes to color. And what, do you have a favorite project that combined all those three perfectly together? Um, my mini florals. I, t I like to be really colorful with those. Uh, they're little three inch hoop art pieces that are just packed with flowers and leaves and they they just turn out super cute and uh i just love making them yeah it must be such a relaxing process when you're not stabbing yourself underneath the nail yeah <laughs> yeah when i'm not stabbing myself it's great fun and what are some misconceptions about people who do embroidery i think a lot of people think there's just little ladies right and they're creating really weird vintagey looking things i i am 
proud of the fact that I've been doing embroidery for uh, like almost seven years. And over the last three to four years, I've seen a real uh, resurgence of the art form and people coming kind of out of the woodwork wanting to learn how to do these things. There's a lot of really cool artists and designers out there making really beautiful pieces. Um, But I think, you know, people kind of think we're sitting in the back corner of our home with like in a rocking chair with a quilt on our lap, you know, squinting at this piece of fabric and doing these teeny tiny stitches. It's really not that hard and anybody can learn it. Yeah. And there's YouTube out there and it's a lot easier to learn with YouTube. If not, you can contact Jennifer. I'm sure she's very, she'll be willing to help out as well. (laughs) Yeah. I'm actually hoping to sell and release some of my patterns. Uh, I've, I've, I haven't done it yet. I haven't working on getting some people to test my patterns and see if it actually will work um, for anybody to do. Cause some people, they love it, but they don't necessarily want to buy the finished product. They want to do it themselves. So I will actually be able to enable people to create their own embroidery pieces. Well, in that case, for the people listening to this podcast episode right now, you have to do it yourself and also buy Jennifer's work. You have to do both. <laughs> it's, it's a must. <laughs> Works for me. Yeah. No complaints, right? No, no complaints. <laughs> now, this is probably the toughest question I'll have to ask, but what has embroidery taught you in life? Patience. Definitely patience and that practice makes perfect because if you look at my very early pieces, there's definitely a difference and I've developed my own sense of style over the last several years, but it's really just a matter of do it and then do it again and then do it some more until it's the way you want it. To me, your, your work is all beautiful. I haven't scrolled down all the way to the bottom. I feel it'll take me a while. My thumb's going to get tired because yeah. you have so many pictures, <laughs> but I've been a there feeling, for a while, <laughs> but I have a feeling the beautiful thing I love is that you kept those pictures up there. And it's just when you go back and look at it, it's like, all right, this is where I came from. This is where I started. And it doesn't sound like you're ashamed of your previous work. You just grow on it. Yeah, it's it's you know, I love every piece that I've created for the most part. I've, I've loved every piece, some more than others. But, you know, it's just a matter of just keep doing what you love until you create it the way you love it. I think back last year I did this project called March Meet the Make Maker and it was all about sharing like bits and pieces of the person behind the scenes who's actually creating the art. And I did share some of my like early projects there. Um and it was just a fun experiment to kind of like dive deeper into the person who's creating what they're creating as opposed to just looking at all the pretty pictures. And this might be a weird question. I know I'm doing all these weird and out ways of pre- presenting a question, <laughs> but have you ever done emotional embroidery so let's say when you're angry you're like oh angry embroidery yeah Yeah? oh yeah i kind of joke that sometimes my fabric has imaginary faces on it and i get to stab (laughs) them if i'm i'm frustrated like oh my god stab you um i pretend there's a person on there yep i've done it okay well remind me to be on your good side so (laughs) i'm not one of those faces that appear on there uh totally (laughs) that'd be good and uh have you ever taught embroidery to anybody that is still doing it today not officially. I've, I've like helped a few people learn a stitch or two randomly, but I'm actually going to be teaching my very first embroidery class on the 13th of February in Grapevine, Texas. If anybody in Texas wants to come hang out with me, I get to teach, uh, we're going to be doing an embroidery necklace project. So that's going to be a whole lot of fun. That's dope, man. You're so like passionate about your hobby that you're teaching it in a class. Yep. Unfortunately, this episode's coming out in a few months. So by the time they listen to this, well, <laughs> it's their fault. It. You, you're out of luck. <laughs> You'll have to but go to the I'm next sure class. I'm sure I'll be doing it again. Exactly. Yeah, I'll, I'll, 
I will definitely be doing it again. So if it's way past February 13th, just check <laughs> out my Instagram. I'll probably be talking all about the classes that are coming up. So what we've learned today is that you have to make your own stuff, buy Jennifer's stuff, and go to her classes. <laughs> These are musts. If you're listening to my podcast, you have to do it. <laughs> well, he said it, not me. Yeah, so it's okay. Some random guy. Oof, sounds pretty authoritative. I don't. I would listen to him. <laughs> <laughs> Do what Alex tells you. Yeah. And then do what Jennifer tells you by what she teaches you. <laughs> hey, I'm all for it. Nice. So uh, do you have any word of advice for anybody who might be interested in this hobby? Do it. Just do it. Go to Hobby Lobby or Michael's or whatever craft store is near you. You need three things. You Well, four things. You need a needle. You need fabric. You need a hoop, which are readily easily available at craft stores. And you need some thread. And then go to the internet watch some YouTube videos, whatever you got to do. The simplest stitch in the world is called the back stitch, and it just creates a nice straight flat line and you can create almost anything with a flat stitch. So just do it and go get those four things. Take an hour or two and have fun stabbing fabric. And on that note, uh, what would you say is your preferred tools? Like, I, cause I'm sure they come in different, uh, material, whether it's the type of fabric or the type of needles, I could be wrong, but is there one that you prefer using like short needles, long needles, or I use a, a longer needle that has a, a narrower eye on it. The eye of the needle. Um, cause it just flows through the fabric a little nicer. It's a little bit thicker, but you can just go like any fabric store or craft store will have needles and it'll have a section that's embroidery needles. So you can kind of just start there. It's really a personal preference for how it feels in your hand and how it goes through the fabric. But I love DMC flosses, which is the threads that I use mostly. Um, and quilting cotton is my favorite fabric to quilt on. And then there's, you know, some debate among embroiderers. What's better, a plastic hoop or a wood hoop? I personally prefer wood. So I just think it, it's a nicer look and it feels better in my hands. So that's what I prefer. And speaking about this debate per se, how is the, how is the community around you? It's pretty supportive. It's pretty awesome. I have um, some friends that are also do embroidery and, you know, we're always bouncing ideas off of each other. And it's great because we all have such unique senses of style. Like my, we could do the exact same phrase, but they would look completely different because of, you know, one friend versus the other, the way we incorporate colors or do our flowers, they would look a hundred percent different. So there's really, it's more community over competition, which I love. And I'm sure you guys feed off each other on teaching each other like, oh, well, this is a thing I learned, or this is a thing and sharing material, wisdom and good times, obviously. Yes, totally. Now, we've talked about this at the beginning of the episode, but I'll mention it again. Do you have any social media links, websites, or projects that you would love to share with the listeners? Yeah, you can find me at thenottery.com and also The Nottery on Instagram and Facebook and Etsy. <laughs> um, I'm on all of those. And then you can find me at everydayboss.com. Um, and that's where I talk about being an entrepreneur and pursuing my creative dreams, living my best life and how I juggle four businesses. So I talk about that a lot there. And then, you know, I hang out on the internet a lot. So come find me. We can hang out. That's how you found me. Yeah. <laughs> and this is how we're having a wonderful conversation now. Yes. And on the next episode, we'll ask Jennifer, how does she balance four businesses? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm all, I'm game. Yeah, how would you totally. sum that up in one word? I a planner. <laughs> <laughs> perfect. That's that's perfect for me. Planner. Uh, can I use that too for this? Yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. Perfect. Now for the last the last question, 
It's one that I ask is, well, not well, it's specific to every hobby, but do you have any questions for me about embroidery? Oh, gosh. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't even know. Would you ever try it? I, I eventually I would like to give it a try. If not try, I would like to see somebody do it. Yeah. And if, if something I'd like to do is probably the logo, but I feel like that could be a challenge for, especially for me, for a beginner, if for my time for your hobby logo. So I might have to it watch. Can, <laughs> you could do it. You just need to get a bigger hoop so that it would be easier to do the smaller pieces. You wouldn't want to do that on a four inch hoop. You'd want to do it on like a 12 inch hoop. <laughs> that would be the only <laughs> advice for that one. For a first second, I'm, I'm thinking like even bigger, like, you know, a javelin, make that my needle <laughs> and just have like a hoop that's the size, size of like a swimming pool and just <laughs> the outer circle of, yeah. a, of a trampoline. Yeah, 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 totally yeah. doable. <laughs> Look ridiculous doing it. But yeah, uh, could be fun. I, yeah, I would like to give it a try. If I had when I have time, I would definitely like to see somebody do it. Teach me the ways because I feel like you would have to have patience, like you said, in order to do it yeah. properly. And I have a feeling that whoever starts will mess up so it's a being able to see your mistakes and just correct it without trying to stab yourself underneath the thumb right <laughs> well maybe one day when i go to visit family in canada i will arrange to teach a class and you can come i will bring all my material and just i'll look worried <laughs> when i come through the door and you'll be like yep that's alex <laughs> i know him <laughs> yeah, he's gonna mess up he's, he's gonna come out with bloody thumbs <laughs> no i'll bring band-aids you'll be fine good good we're well prepared so uh yeah there you have it another body with a hobby thank you so much jennifer for coming on and just preparing yourself for me if and when we meet and bringing the band-aids <laughs> i'm excited i will try to hurt myself to a bare minimal so i don't lose my thumbs i kind of need them you know as a human yeah they're yeah. important <laughs> they're important but uh, yeah thank you so much again for coming on no problem i had fun so if you guys want to learn more about jennifer you can go check her out in the description below i'll put all the links there so she'll be easy to find you can support her send her messages and just even collaborate co collaborate <laughs> i can't speak and make something beautiful together and if you'd like to be on my podcast or have any questions at all you could send me an email at timeforyourhobby at gmail.com and of course, if you think this episode is going to be helpful for anybody, by all means, share it with them. Maybe embroidery is the right solution. Just creating something beautiful, releasing emotions. You don't even have to have emotions to do it. That sounds weird saying that. You can just be neutral. <laughs> you don't have to be angry or sad or happy. You can just have, you know what? I, don't, I want to do embroidery right now. Just a neutral mm -hmm. emotion, if that's the thing. But it's very enjoyable. Jennifer has proven that by answering all these questions with passion. And of course, um, if you like this podcast, reviews are always great. I would not reject reviews, whether it's good or bad, positive and negative. I want constructive criticism. It's always good to help this podcast grow. Not about my guests, about me. My guests are all fantastic. And uh, as of today or a couple weeks ago, depends on when this comes out, I'm selling merchandise on Redbubble of my Time for Your Hobby logo for things that you didn't know you didn't need. Yeah, exactly. Like a shower curtain, bath mat, uh, coffee mug. Okay, you, you'll need that because if you're doing many hobbies, you'll need a coffee mug to stay energized. Like that 35-hour uh, embroidery, just saying. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but enough about that. I just have to say thank you so much again, Jennifer. No problem. Thanks for having me. So until the next episode, make some time for your hobby. Take care. Take care.